With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. What is up? Welcome to episode number three. Hundred of on the corner of the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the friendly Nick Pollock. What is happening? Hi, Nick. Fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're friendly. It's been five, six years, five and a half years we've been doing the on the yep, corner spam. podcast. <laughs> and yeah, it's episode 300. We're live streaming now on Twitch and on Periscope on, on Twitter. I just put a banner at the bottom that says on the corner episode 300. It's, can you make it bigger? I, I don't know. I, I, I think so, but I won't. It looks great. We have so many things coming up. And, uh, you know, there was a part of me that kind of wanted to time it so that, like, the PL7 launch is this podcast. But, you know what? I didn't want to rid people of podcasts. I didn't want to just mm-hmm. do for the sake of not doing it. So here we are. It's episode 300 fast. And I couldn't be luckier to do so many podcasts with you. It's it's we got a good one in store for people. We're we're going a little bit off the beaten path. We're not going to be talking much analysis, but we're going to be talking a little bit about what we've learned through 300 episodes about a yeah. range of things pertaining Oof. both to analysis and drafting and blah, blah, blah. and then we're also going to talk about what we <laughs> learned about the business and what we learned about the industry and what we learned about Twitter and what we learned about our process. But I want to start with a cheat. I want to start with a cheat. Okay. Sure. This, and I blame you for this. Okay. Of course. As you, you got do. my mind buzzing because of our, <laughs> our pre-podcast conversation. And you might not want to answer this now. We can always answer it at a later date, but I kind of want to force you to answer it now because this is the one gift you're going to give me during this during this podcast. I will give you all the gifts you want fast. You oh, deserve well, them so all. That's quite, that's quite nice. Um, uh, you are a pitching coach. Sure. With all the things that we've learned and all these various different talking pitching episodes, yeah. there's a pitcher who's struggling on the mound. Mm-hmm. What are you going out there to say to them? Uh, wow. Depends on the person. Depends on okay. uh, what what their skill set is. Hmm. Um, normally, if you're talking about Okay, hold, hold on. Let me, get a, yeah. let me get a specific picture then. Let me get a specific picture. Sure. That sounds to, good. To make this better for you. Okay. <laughs> I want to know. I'm just trying to think of what would be funny to who, who would be funny to make. Yeah, I want to know what. You're, oh, okay, okay. I want to know what you're going out there and saying to Dane Dunning. 
Good. You're not telling Lance McCullers because he's just going to look down, right? He's not going <laughs> to. I was going to say Lance Lynn at first, but now I went Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning. Um, well, I would imagine that it's a start where he doesn't have a slider as much. Um, <laughs> so that's messed up. No, I'm just saying, like, if he has a slider, he's doing well, right? So oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I, w- I would say, hey, look, like, you know, you're going to get out of this. You are, you know, you're going to focus on your fastball. Like, we're going to play for the next guy. I'll probably come out with an out or two or just pretty much saying, like, okay, you have this one out to get. Um, I would say you've, you know, everything you've done so far has gotten you to this point. Um, you're here because we want you here. And yeah. we know that you can make this pitch. Okay. That's and you're going to do it. You're going to get it. Good. You're going to get it out. And you're going to, I'll see you in the dugout. And then I walk yeah. back. And then I say, oh, yeah. And my wife told me that my butt was looking good. So I got to get my TV time. Yeah, Thank you, Jerry good. Blevins, yeah. for that one. The classic. Uh, the classic. But yeah, I mean, it depends on the guy. Like I had a, I had a meeting with a, with a player who always threw strikes and he stopped throwing strikes. And he said, I just haven't been concentrating. Hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? Then like, concentrate. Yeah, <laughs> and it was that easy. Then he struck out the guy on three pitches. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting take for it too. That's, you know, that's, that's an interesting one. You never know. So I mean, it, it's it's a very much of a psychological thing. So it definitely depends on the bat. Uh, sorry, the the pitcher at hand. Okay, I think for me, if it was Dane Dunning, if it was Dane Dunning, yeah, this is my strategy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Time, slow, deliberate. Oh, yeah, walk out to the mound. Mm. look down a little irritated you know what i mean really just kind of exude that energy of like i'm not happy okay i think i would stop put my hand on the catcher give him a little one of those test how his shoulders doing right look dane in the eye and take a nice deep breath and i would just say in dane in the membrane and I'd walk off and wow. that would be it because I would want him to think like, what just, what just happened? Right. What, why was that? Just so it would for a second, get him out of whatever he was doing. You know what That's I mean? Cool. That reverse yeah, yeah. psychology just to be like, all of a sudden he was, he's pacing. He's thinking about his slider, not working. And all mm. of a sudden my pitching comes coach comes out and he says in Dane in the membrane and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> that that what i want wow you make fun of my puns and you come here with that and i'm so proud of you i think it's fantastic i i will mention though here's dane dunning who's for by the way poor dane in the situation in the first place and how we thrust him into it yeah uh, but here he experienced is the pitching coach he has <laughs> well right he's struggling and he's like i need some help right now you know the, the mound is such a lonely place yeah. And so finally, I get a moment where you're going to expend one of our valuable resources in a mound visit yeah. and go and we're going to get some help. And my coach just said, in Dane in the membrane, because first of I all, am I so do, lost. What am I going to do? I do PWP. I do puns with purpose. OK. <laughs> and he knows that I trust him. And me saying in Dane with the membrane says to him, hey, man, I just wanted to come out here tell you this great pun with a purpose that i thought of i trust you to figure it out this There's, is all you need oh this is exactly how we should kick off episode 300 five minutes <laughs> debating good, in dane in the membrane it's such it's a, a great representation preview. of it's us a good preview you know it's a good preview of what theoretically could be to come and if you want to find out what we're oh, talking yeah. about little wink nudge come to PitchCon, which kicks right. off this week it is chock-a-block 
full of events. Uh, I mean, th- there are, are just an unprecedented amount of speakers that are coming to this thing. It kicks off on Thursday, and it don't stop. I mean, it kicks it off really on Wednesday, goes, fast. Oh, Wednesday, excuse me, not Wednesday. 11 a.m. It kicks off on Wednesday. January it just 26th. Goes, it goes forever. You can, I don't know, like, do you want to get into some of the things? I know Todd Zola's got a great conversation about I mean, you can see the schedule. And, I think people are yeah. smart. If they see the schedule, they can see what we're doing. Yeah. Which is the Nick and Alex baseball show. I know, but uh, uh, they don't know what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I cannot be more excited for that. I, we are also going to be doing together um, a, uh, a panel with uh, Danielle Salinger and mm-hmm. Chris Towers drafting our favorite baseball moments. Yeah. yeah, Todd Zola has the misuse of average exit velocity. Daniel Port is going to talk about OLR. Uh, which I, I don't even want to go into even more now. You should read the article on the site and also watch his presentation. I mean, 44 hours <laughs> over four days. It's 11 hours a day. You win free prizes, too. Like, you don't even so need to baseball. contribute to the cause. Oh, yeah, but why we're doing this, half of everything we raise, not even proceeds, half of everything goes to Feeding America. So we're, we have a $10,000 goal we hit uh, in the last two years. We hope to do it again this year. And so come on. Come support for a good cause and just enjoy baseball for four days. We have some live comments, too, that I usually wouldn't read off during a podcast, but I want to because it's a special one today. And Birdland92 says, lockout ends mid-pitch con? That would be one to remember. If we can end the lockout. If we can end the lockout. You know, if we raise 10,000, I think I can make that happen. All right. All right. uh, (laughs) I'll write Robbie M a letter. Yeah. uh, We uh, raise that much money and say, hey, Bobby, come on. Here's 10K. Oh, the come on is what's going to get him, I think. That inflection was perfect. Whoa. Robbie M. Come on. Uh, all right. So let's move on to some of the things that we're talking about today. Um, oh, actually, I'm sorry. One last thing. Yes. SSWA Awards came out, and we are a proud bunch of papas. Yeah, um, this is amazing. Uh, not only did the the Pitchless podcast feed uh, get a nomination, which is incredible. One of those podcasts now on that feed, Hacks and Jacks, uh, unbelievable, it was nominated as well. Uh, huge congratulations to Joe Galina and Scott Chu. Scott Chu, mm-hmm. one of the hardest working, working men in the industry by far. I mean, mm-hmm. it's absurd. He does that podcast. He has multiple articles. He does all the stuff, and he's not even he his fantasy curling. He does all these. It's, it's insane. Um, so well deserved. Carlos Marcano uh, up That's for awesome. baseball writer yeah. of the year and research article of the year. Incredible stuff. Uh, and yeah, actually, uh, uh, everywhere Blair. That is a uh, Blair. Um, I oh my, I uh, Blair. <laughs> Nice and live, baby. Oh man, I, why am I Blair Williams? Uh, is is nominated as well, which is incredible. Congratulations to him. So I, uh, it's it's just yeah, it's just a great great time. Fast. It is. I'm so proud of those guys, and it's awesome to see they're recognized. Congratulations to all the nominees. It's fantastic. I'm wishing the best for you. It's a great feeling. Um, uh, but with that said. Let's move on to what we're going to be discussing today, and it's what we've learned. Okay, so what I'm going to do is we're just going to go down and we're going to talk about some of the things that we've learned uh, about various different topics. And the first thing that we're going to start with is, Nick, I want to know what you have learned in your pitcher list history. What have you learned about rankings? Oh, man, I've learned I know nothing. I okay. uh, no, I mean, it's really easy, especially early on. I think I, I fell into two pits at times um one especially early it was really really feeling like my emotions and my identity was attached to being correct Mm. you know it's really hard like you're putting yourself out there you're saying like this is how i feel and if you're wrong i know all the time regardless of what i do i'm going to get tweets and comments about how wrong i am and that's just the nature of the business fine but it's 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 so hard in the beginning 
to, you know, you've realized at times you get the feeling of, wait, maybe I did do something incorrect. You know, maybe I did rank this guy too high or this guy too low. And you want to stick to your guns for the sake of sticking to your guns. And there's a difference between, you know, staying with it because I truly believe it. Like for me, that was Sandy Alcantara last year. I stuck through that one. But mm-hmm. other times I stuck through it when I shouldn't have, like Kenta Maeda, right? And it's just a recent example, but it's there's a difference between that. So that's the first one is is really understanding, look, like your rankings are the best you can do with the information provided to you at that time. And that's, you know, you're going to be wrong and being open about that. Um, the second is the process itself of, um, I mean, I, being diligent with it, but like by but also really tearing in some way mentally. And I've kind of grown to be a kind of a balance between like Toby upside, Toby upside, and just kind of getting worse versions of those two. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's the same idea of like if I hear another argument and I can't give a good reason why that's not a good argument, then all right, I'll change it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's really important. So you won't be right and be ready to change. That makes sense. Um, you've made probably about 300 lists that, that, and that like, I'm thinking if you've, if you've made about 35 a year, right? Uh, probably 30. About, I'd say 30. Okay. Yeah. 30, 30 a year for, about- for Eight seven years. years yeah well that's okay. like 2015 was the start of pitcher list i didn't do the list in 2014 with pitcher gifts so then 210 you made you made over 200 yeah. lists Jesus. i've made two <laughs> so you're <laughs> so your learnings oh that's funny more, your i'm sorry more pertinent <laughs> uh, you've but made I more than say. two i mean you made two publicly oh yeah but okay. like no no you're right i made three because i did an updated one after the lockout <laughs> So here are the here are my learnings from yeah, people, which please. are just as pertinent for anyone. I, I imagine so. Yeah. For people who are just starting out, I mean I would say your advice is a little more weight to it. I want to hear. I it. would say that you have to go into it with the knowledge that you're gonna be wrong. Um all you can do in my mind, I think you might have said this to me, and I did it the second time, and it was so helpful for me. Make them however you feel. Whatever mm. find the statistics that you feel best, and then come up with a TLDR. Come up with a a soundbite of why you think it's going to change. You're going to go crazy if you do in-depth analysis on what probably ends up being 160 pitchers at least, right? Um, so you're going to go crazy if like you're looking at H move and Y or an X move and all that stuff, and you're sure, looking yeah. at release points and you're doing all the velocities and when did he do this and when did he do that. Hit the hard points, come up with a TLDR, and then get it out there to have people poke holes in it to help you get better. Don't right. view it as you against the world. View it as you kind of collaborating with the world. And all you have to do is show people you did your homework and they'll 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 believe in where you're coming from. You know, it's funny. I hear that. All I hear is, hey, Nick, stop ranting for five minutes about this one guy. Give me a TLDR every single time on the podcast. No, I'm joking. I'm being facetious here. I know. But you did help me a lot because after I did that, after you, you know. If you're if you're fortunate, you make your rankings, they get distributed and people want to talk to you on podcasts. Right. Right. And the first year I didn't do it. And then I had to go back and read bullet point for bullet point for bullet point for bullet point, all the research I did. And you could just hear people turning their brains off. So you want something that's like, oh, you're talking about you, Darvish. He needs to do this. And this so, is why I like him. But he did this last year. And here's what needs to change. This is literally what's driving me nuts right now is uh, I need to have those done by PitchCon because I do 100 pitchers in 50 minutes. I'm. I'm 50 done. <laughs> I have like one day or so 
to kind of like tomorrow. My day tomorrow is literally just going through as many as I can and trying to get it. I mean, I have like them some random ones just off my top of my head. Fine, I haven't written it out, but uh, it's yeah, that, that's a really important part of the initial rankings. That's actually one thing I did want to mention too, very quickly was the first one is the most important one. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get those, yeah, you're going to get your, uh, your, your, your flashcards, essentially, of these guys, your talking points, and each guy that you stand on, right? For Dylan Cease, it's, well, he won 167 innings last year across 32 starts, and he's still inefficient with his fastball. Doesn't matter how good mm-hmm. a slider is, I don't see that growth, right? Uh, 2-9 ERA last year, I don't think he can really ascend without that. There you go, done. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to that. But you got to have the talking points for every person. And then the future lists I make in season. You said I did 200 of them. I've really done like 10 to 15 and then adapted it. Right. Once I have that initial list that I'm kind of going through, especially every week, I'm like, is anything different? And if you guys have watched the live streams of me going and making the list takes about four hours. It's literally me just going through every start and saying, is this anything outside of my baseline foundation right now? Because I've written the roundup. Yeah. So it's not just me every week sitting down and being like, okay, let's make a new ranking. It's doing the roundup, seeing if anything is new, and then adjusting accordingly on Monday. Great. So you've I've made three. In that case, you've made 70. And that's Very, well, yeah. Sure. Loser. Why not? Um, I wish I had the time to make my list right now. I, my weekends are building furniture. I had to use Allen wrenches shouldn't exist. You know what I mean? What? Like they just shouldn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, because they, they they're they're good angle. You can't like just get a screwdriver like that. You they're know? helpful, but like things that are so big, like my. You remember the 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 Everlong music video where his hand just grows like to like fifteen times the size that old Foo Fighters music video. Oh, actually, no, you, no, you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> uh, the people listening might know about it, but that's what my right <laughs> hand was this week from that damn Allen wrench. Anyway, I want to move. I think it was the. I'm Everlong so sorry. Music. Um, how do you not know the Everlong music video? Like, I didn't. You know, I, you know I, that, so- that song. Okay, right? of course I know Everlong, but I'm I'm okay. I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan. Uh, uh, I know that's, that's like heresy, but I and no, also I I'm, don't really jump at music videos that much anymore. Okay, so. I'm not I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, but I, I do love a good music video. Uh, yeah, Everlong's let's move great. on to Everlong's great. Let's move on to what you have learned. What have we learned about we learned? just the business of pictures? Oh my god. Uh, so, by the way, I'm so sorry for everybody looking for, like, true fantasy analysis. Every podcast moving forward is that this year. This is, like... And all 299 well, before! You know, yeah. <laughs> this is a reflection. 300th we'll episode. We've got PitchCon yeah. coming up. We have... Well, I'm probably... No! This is the perfect what? podcast for this time. Because people Great. who could be making rankings and drafts want to know Beautiful. what we're thinking. Yeah, okay, okay, all right. There we go. And then and next week, I think it's going to be... A preview of the top 100, so my top 10, I think. I think that's what that's going to be. We're going to kick them off a little bit before. Maybe not. I don't know. But you're going to expect a lot more rankings, but not now. Today, we're going to talk about business. And business, oh, man. So much has changed. Um, I've learned so many random things, not only from doing this, but also at the the other job where I was working uh, working for with at a company where I managed their website. Um. I mean, you know, this I'll say this. Essentially, when I started something like this, there are expectations, once again, of what you're, how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do. You're taught from the outside, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And you have to, you know, you have to be aggressive and you have to do all these things. And I've been so lucky to find all these people that have enforced it or have really encouraged me 
to not do those things and to not really, you know, it's so tempting to think like everything matters in pictureless and nothing else does. And all I need to do is squeeze out the most I can of pe- and all that stuff. And it's like, no, that is absolutely not the way to do things at all. It's so conflicting with your inner moral code. Mm. And it's, you know, it, it's just a win-win. Like you, you get to work with people in a much better relationship when you don't think about it like that. And it was so, it was such a relief when I had this understanding of like, wait a second, like Nick, like don't be that. You don't want to be that. And that's actually not what you should be doing. Hmm. Um, And to have, yeah, the people around me, you very much included that are just, yeah, I don't, I I don't want that relationship with you Hmm. and, and with everybody here. So along that way, as you know, so many mistakes have been made. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, um, at one point, uh, entrusted the site to someone else who then allowed us to get hacked. If you remember that, that was a ways ago. Yeah. That was, uh, between 2016 and 2017. Yeah. I had to remake it, all this stuff. Um, that I mean, was when it was put under ransom, right? Well, it was quote unquote ransom. They essentially mm-hmm. deleted the database and demanded Bitcoin. And we're like, I know. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were such a small fry. I deleted it. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then a rebuild. I mean, it was a blessing in the way of like rebuilding WordPress. Um, uh, I would say also, I, I think a lot of people that are here kind of understand that when it comes to a lot of the elements of the site, I learned it too. Um, I'm still, there's still certain things. Uh, database engineering is to me, black magic. Uh, yeah. I, a lot of WordPress development, the things that Jeff Nivine and brick old hammer and et cetera, they, they do are just, you know, I don't want to set around. They're amazing people, but there are a lot of them now. Uh, and they, they do amazing things that I can't do anymore, but I built the original sites. I, um, you know, podcasting stuff. We work together to, to get the best audio quality. And like the more that you put into it, the more that you want to grow something, you got to learn it and you got to take the time yourself to you know, to understand quality and what you want it to be in detail and stuff. And we still have ways to go with a lot of things, but you got to be in the trenches. You can't just you, you got to be involved with it. You can't expect someone else to care more than you do about this thing. I it, That's just a silly idea. Um, so it's, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. I can, you know, you can look in more, listen to more Nick Pollock and friends for all the lessons about business, but I mean, you've, okay. You've been a part of this for, for six years now fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of things have you seen us do in, in decisions we've made that, you know, uh, you can certainly call me out for the dumb ones. I please maybe give me one smart one. Uh, <laughs> it's not about that. I mean, to me, it's about like, yeah, there have been mistakes. And I think it's a good thing because it shows that we're learning, especially how you react to those mistakes. I think what I've learned is like you can imbue a business with a sense of truth and um, optimism, right? I've always appreciated that we're what I think we are a company, or at least we try to be, and maybe we fail sometimes. And I think we usually succeed a company that tries to focus on the positives, right? Yeah, we, we've removed instances of, you know, nicknames that kind of denigrate pitchers in some way, you know, we, we, we don't deride people's opinions about things. And we try not to do that too much. Have there been people who have worked for us who have done that? Maybe have there been mistakes that we have made where that's happened? Maybe. But I think the core tenet is is not trying to be that. And I think that I didn't know if a business could 
succeed that way, especially because there's a kind of when it comes to like truth and like paying people for their work, it's like, we're always very upfront of like, we're always going to pay you the most that we can, but it's just never going to be how much we want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we've always been public about that. We've said it in podcasts before and like we, I don't, I always try and say this to people when I'm not on a podcast with you that like, I know that all of the money goes to the site. Like I know, right. like I, 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 I see it. I see that like there, there is no, there is no, there is no Nick Pollock, you know, like secret man <laughs> jacuzzi or something in the back TVs. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. No, his place is pathetic. Okay. So, like, all right. Fast. <laughs> I built this I, I for have to you move across the coast to get out of that murder. Place. <laughs> and I'm not even out of it. I'm in his apartment right now. He just won't let me say different. Just um, stay in so, there. Yeah, exactly. So I've always I've always kind of appreciated that. And it's nice. It's been nice. What I've learned about the business then is that you can have a business that does run on those things. There are bumps and bruises like any other business, but there are there is a way to be forthcoming and still pay people, even though it's sadly not what we feel that they're worth, but still provide them with an income in some way. Well, and, it's uh, it's 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 a really tough thing is I. Uh, you know, I make I have to make these decisions a lot of, OK, we're doing X, Y and Z. And where does that go and how do we improve and grow? And mm. I think anyone that has seen this from afar I uh, over the years, I mean, has seen every single year we step up our game. We do more and more and more. Um, and my full intention with this uh, is, yeah, to create that place that we can, mm. you know, I never need to be that transparent of hey like we're all in this together that kind of thing i want to actually be like no you know what this is a full-time job now this is this is this this is that um and i will never make that promise because who knows but i'll say this uh in two weeks i think everyone will truly understand what we've been working towards in in many ways uh and Um, it's it's a hard decision. It's it's I think the hardest thing as uh, you know creating a business is okay. You bring in money. What do you do with it? And how do, are you doing it well? And I've wrestled with that a ton. Um, but I I think I think everyone here understands that we're building something truly bigger every single time to achieve those goals. And we're getting closer fast. Getting there. We're getting closer. And all everyone listening, thank you seriously for all your support and everything. Uh, I hope you understand that. Uh it's not just going to like some people in suits upstairs or something. There is no upstairs. You know? Well it is. It's, it's just it's a neighbor of yours. <laughs> be very confused yeah, about why yeah, you're in their keep, home. They keep banging with the the broom. Uh yeah. but you understand everyone. Talk that, about you know, football. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh yeah pl plus and you know listening to these podcasts and reading our articles and everything it goes to something that i know all of you will enjoy see the person who just made a comment i don't know if it's an i or an l s a k r i s chris oh uh, sacris apolog- good to see you, sacris. Sacris. i apologize if i butchered that yes that's a perfect point none of the money even goes to nick because he can't, I can't even get a haircut his hair is <laughs> I, so long that he can't even afford to get a haircut i said i wouldn't cut my hair until pl7 Okay, oh and I kind of, you know what? It's not so bad long. It's better than like when it was buzzed all the way short. I'll say it's that. Getting to like a racer head style. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> of course, you would uh, Lynch. I, I love love him. Um, I know. I was watching a video about him today. All right. Next question. What have you learned about preseason evaluation? Oh, man. Um, I think the biggest thing is to try as best as you can to keep notes of in-season. 
Um, Because there are a lot of times, I think, in season, I feel a certain way. I can understand, like, the volatility of a player, what is missing, what isn't. Um, And at the end of the year, it's so funny to me. I do it. Everybody does it. We just look at the single number. He had a nine, or sorry, three nine ERA. He had a one two three whip, and we then we tried our best to say no. It was the second half or the first half, but that even still is just not enough. You know, it's 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 grasping that okay, how did he perform start to start, and what you know what was the flow? What was you know Manaya had for example in the middle of the season where he was an ace, and then it kind of fell apart again, but. That's more believable than just kind of the overarching 390 array. So there's a lot of those elements that if you sit down and watch and understand what what potential there is with each individual pitch in the repertoire, it's helped me over the years kind of grasp, um, yeah, I believe in this guy breaking out. You know, I really get upset that I didn't, for example, buy more into Kevin Gaussman or yeah. uh, Joe Musgrove last year, right, because I was too conservative, but... Uh, but stuff like that, we're like, right? No, I, I, I see. I can understand the flow and the, the potential um, rise, and understanding what really created those end of season numbers, which is really tough. And who knows that that flow and that rhythm that I'm talking about? You know, the off season is a giant wall that slows all of it down. Mm-hmm. So it's tough, but that to me is is the biggest thing over the years that I've tried to hold on to. That's nice. I like that. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned was like, what, there's that one metric on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I might contribute half of that. Um, there's that one metric on baseball reference that shows the strength of uh, players a pitcher has faced in in the preseason. Mm. And I was like grasping at straws for so long to want to think that that was in any way, shape or form pertinent. And like it wasn't. So when it comes to preseason evaluation for me, I think it's like there are certain resources that I think are important. Right. Um, And they're all to be taken with varying grains of salt. One, Jason Collette's like new pitch tracker. Oh, so good. It's 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 unbelievable. And it also tracks velocity Two, the mining the news, obviously, of course, is one of the best resources in fantasy baseball. Yeah. Jeff Zimmerman does that. And he also, I think, does the velocity part. Oh yeah, he might help. Uh, with and then the us the one. pitch tracker. Zimmerman yeah. was doing velocity last year. I mean, those things are invaluable. Those are huge. I think those are small needle moves, and everything else you have to just stick to your research. And I think McCullers kind of hit it up perfectly in the last podcast, where he was like, or in the talking pitching podcast, where he was like, uh, "I had the slider, and I was thinking to myself, do oh, yeah. I want to throw it? Like, do I, I want to throw it now?" Right. Like and then my the guys in the analytics department were like throw it because you can show them as many as you want and they still can't hit it. Well, and not and to mention, yeah, there's an idea yeah. too of like, don't worry the the spotlight like you think everybody's going to be noticing it and remembering it and then they just won't and they won't. Yeah, and then also just the notion of like for every Lance McCullers, there's probably a bunch of other pitchers who are like, yeah, I'm not even talking to an analytics person. I'm not taking this change up and I'm not sure. showing anyone until yeah. you know day one. Um, so. Don't let anything move you too much. And also, like, remember how every year Zach Ranky would come in throwing like 40 miles an hour and we'd be like, oh, my God, it's over. And then yeah, it's always like 80, up. then 82, then 84. And the, no, sorry. It has to be heck if it's if it's Yancey is suggesting that the title is tonight. We dine in heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is great. 
with a star with E, of course. Uh, I, Always. I, I, we could do an entire podcast just talking about Yancey, but we're not going to do that right now. What we are going to do <laughs> is we're going to take a quick ad break and we're going to be back in one second for some more questions. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, welcome back. So the next thing that we're going to talk about, what have we learned about? What have we learned about Twitter, specifically baseball Twitter? Mm. I, Do you I, mind if I start with this one, actually? Oh, I was, yes, hoping you would. Okay. S- just stick to the facts. Mm. Like, if you don't want to be stressed out, I and mean, maybe this comes from a place of, like, you know, white male privilege, but we're just talking about baseball Twitter. I'm not talking about political Twitter, but anything else, talking about baseball Twitter. If you want to tweet about baseball, in my opinion, just stick to the facts because no one can argue with them. You know what I mean? Like where you get if you want to if you think Twitter is a toxic place, which it very much can be and you want to get away from that. I find the best way to do it is be like the top 10 pitchers who had a swinging strike rate over 24 yeah. percent are X because no dingus is going to come in and be like, like it's, <laughs> there's no there's there's no other thing that you can say. Yeah. Facts and gifts and overlays. There's nothing else you need to do. You turkey like I, that's it. Like I need if you don't that sound do it, effect. Don't do it. <laughs> I need it. That's, that's it just needs it, like. it just needs to be an automatic reply to everybody like criticizing my streaming <laughs> picks of the day because I didn't I pull- go thirty for thirty, like an ESPN <laughs> special. It's it's. Uh, I honestly think that's the best way to do it. You can't argue and double check your facts because when your fact is wrong, then you feel like a jerk. But like, yeah. just 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 do it. Just that's. Just I mean, that's amazing. Facts. So like, that's a. Uh, that's what how you know i remember this very well you do this a lot and you still do it and it's great it's cool uh top csw arms and every single time you tag me i'm like yep retweet this you know make sure it sees a larger audience and like those are amazing those are fantastic you know and those are relatively easy do not 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 saying easy because like every day you 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 put in work on this uh which is good Uh, it's not you know it's not the largest amount of work of saying like cool i'm just gonna take a few minutes but it's still you have to be consistent with it and you had to think of something to do each day know how to find it and then post it right but uh th- that's great and yeah the more that you get involved with hot takes and um i mean i get lazy and i just say stupid things sometimes just because it's yeah. hilarious to me and fast you always look and go god oh my god nick what are you doing here <laughs> but I, but i don't really care at times um but i uh, but right and, and there's that element in the other side of it, which is also facts i guess i mean the reason we accelerated at first i got really lucky 2014 you know before the days of uh i mean pitching ninja came around i think like 2015 or so mm. and i you know we were pitcher gifts so we put out gifts i would actually um i remember like uh susan slusser like would say oh great pitch there from 
I don't know, from Manaya right there. And I would literally make the GIF and make it the first reply to her thing. It's like, here's that pitch that you just described. Um, And that got me my initial, you know, my initial base uh, of Twitter follows. And then, I mean, huge shout out to Max Posner, who has helped me out a lot then. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would do this. We would just like, cool, this is something we can do. We found some way of being interesting in the baseball sphere that was unique at the time. It still would be. You know, uh, Rob does such an amazing job, but it's a different breed of it uh, now. And back then, that was like, no, I'm like helping the people report on it and everything. Yeah. Faster. So it's, uh, you know, that helped me originally. And then I, I honestly can't tell you what happened after. I mean, it was still, we did a lot of pitching gifts. I, I would spend nights just literally watching games and tweeting them out. But, you know, as we just grew as us, um, so did the Twitter account. I think it's very weird and uh, strange, but uh, that's that, that's what it is. And, and yeah, as much as you can avoid, you know, avoid getting into the, what, you, what you're talking about of like yeah. the toxic sphere, just it doesn't matter. Like, you know, the world will not realize if you are not there for a day. You know, there's that so many. No, no, no. But yeah, about Twitter. In, turn- <laughs> in Twitter. Oh, my God. Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying, the- I'm so sorry. I meant it like it's so easy to think that you have to be there and everybody's waiting for you to do the thing. But Twitter is just such a wall of just feeds coming in that people don't aren't like, wait, I haven't seen Alex Fast tweet in 10 hours, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more that you can separate from that without having this urgency to be involved in this conversation, I the better you'll be. Yeah, I. I, it's, uh, it's, I, yeah. I <laughs> there's a funny sorry. commentary idea. First and foremost, I'm so sorry. I did not. Thank you to uh, creating for money for saying congrats on the 300 episode. Second, Spore has come into the chat. Uh, <laughs> I love that he says that that. He lays low on Twitter. I don't know how an eight foot human can lay low at anything. The last <laughs> thing I want to bring up to is I remember Nick and you at the beginning of 2021 being like, man, I, you know, I'm so big. I'm not doing it this year. I'm not doing, I'm not doing the gifts. Like, oh, is that a Sandy Alcantara start? Yeah. I, I, like you weren't going to do any gifts. And then you just got roped. I can't, I can't help in. myself. Well, I, I mean, there's, there's uh, mentalities change though. There's like some nights I'm like tonight I'm just going to I'm just going to do this and I'm going to ha- you know I'm just going to go and yeah. spend 2 3 hours just like watching games and doing that. That's not what I was doing, but I was just watching Sandy but like this is dope and like yeah. throw it up there. That's a completely different place that it's it always, coming from. It always hurts too where you you find like a great pitch and you tweet it you're like, "Oh my god, this is great." It's like three retweets guess, and 10 yeah. likes. And then there's like, "Oh man, did this guy accidentally fart powder at home plate and it's like baseball twitter yeah. goes crazy yeah uh, that is good that can also be funny as well um all right i want to move on to i want to get back to some of the more uh, baseball focused stuff what have you learned about drafting um okay so first of all never draft with alex fast because you can never no, we can't him. do it we can't do it <laughs> nick and i can't draft together it doesn't work uh i mean we'll be fine we'll figure it out <laughs> We're very different people when it comes. Well, we to share it. we share a labor draft, so yeah, uh, I will be doing it in person, but you will oh, be it's labor there right. too. Yeah, it's labor. Wow, <laughs> wow, fast. <laughs> uh, come on, 
Anyway, I what have I learned about drafting? Um, have fun more. I, I I think especially in twelve teamers, there's this idea of. I mean, I, I've I've the major lesson everyone knows by now. It's not a best ball league, and like that's the biggest thing. And I really internalized that like three years ago, and I've been shouting it a lot louder, more loudly now. But I. But really, yeah, have fun. You know, the Miss Frizzle method, as I came up with last year, which I love saying, is take chances, make mistakes, get messy. Of, you know, really going after stuff, especially in a 12-teamer, um, and relying on the waiver wire a little bit. But, you, you know, if I didn't... I was too conservative last year, and I missed out on a lot of good guys because I felt, you know, I need to be safe and get my Kyle Hendricks yeah. or my Zach Granke, you know? And it's just... Uh, I don't want to do that anymore. If you were if you were drafting someone and you feel just you don't really like the guy, you know, I, I I've always heard everybody is draftable at the right price. And more mm-hmm. and more, I just don't believe that. I will do the method and it's not mine. I know someone else does it, and I can't remember their name, but they will literally cross off players off their list that they just will not draft. And the more that you go through drafts like that, the more that you can go through your draft and just with every single pick you say yes that is someone i like is it at the adp no but i like this person i like this player you'll realize that adp is this weird um, yeah. mix of actual talent and group think that is amplifying things one way or another yeah. and if you find yourself adhering to that you'll be in a worse place so have fun you know go after your guys do your thing that's that's what I'd say is my biggest thing about drafting. Oh, and don't yeah, draft Toby's. Through... <laughs> don't draft. Yeah, that one that one goes for you know well being spoken. Um, I think mine falls in a similar category where it's like, um, don't let the draft room be the time where you get afraid of your rankings. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. If you're someone Good. who really likes to go through and be really vigilant of like I created rankings, um, and I I you know I project you know I went through all the projections and this is what I feel about people and this is what I feel about this other person. Don't let an arbitrary ADP change that about you. Mm-hmm. Sure. I say this every year. I still think the best kept secret for drafting is Roto Lab. Uh, but then again, you've also kind of made me see the light about why some people don't prefer it. Um, I I swear by it. I absolutely love it because it also helps me feel prepared. But I also think too for for a community, just to circle back on ADP real quick, for a community that's so in tune with um what value is and what a number means right like what woba means in comparison to you know babip and what fit means in comparison to era it's funny that we then take something like adp so seriously right right because it is so incredibly arbitrary and the guy who picked mike trout accident you know or the guy who picked cedric mullins one one by accident whatever is you know, just set an ADP in an NFBC that all of a sudden we're now taking uh, very seriously. So give your, it's like, here's the last thing I'll say too. You have to acknowledge that and then really give yourself permission to dive into it because it's scary. It's scary to be in a draft and be like, okay, I'm not going to look at ADP, but if you don't even pull it up, then you'll probably be fine. You won't even rely on it. Yeah. I remember so many times on Yahoo, just like scouring through, and just starring all the guys. I'm like, I don't understand why he's here, why he's here, oh. you know, and just don't think about it as much as you can. But right, it's it's just it's really hard not to be biased by ADP, right? So yeah, oh, just there really, is good- as you said, trust your gut, have your own ranks if possible, and really stick to that. I think that's a really good good sentiment. Fast. 
There is a good counter in the comments. The arbitrary ADP is a great thing to use for auction drafts if your leagues take it seriously. That's a good point. If your league does take um, ADP seriously, um, A, you'll probably be able to take advantage of that league because you probably know where the value is actually going sure, to be. Yeah. And B, every draft room is going to be so incredibly different. Like when I get into auction drafts with my friends, it doesn't matter what I think a value is. You know what I mean? Like the inflation in an auction draft is a wholly separate piece that we could probably yeah. do an entire podcast about, but we should get on to what the next. Yeah. Well, I think that's just for you to yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. We should get on to what the next topic is. And I want to know what you have learned about the industry. I so unbelievably warm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we've said it before and we'll say it again. I, we are, so lucky that Enosaurus is our torchbearer in many ways. Mm. Um, I mean, the uh, I, look, I was doing it for two years. That's it. Pitcher gifts. And that's, I didn't even like count. Like it was half of a season, if even that. Then I had one year of pitcher list. And then we met, you know, in, in sport. And they were both like, oh, yeah, come on in. I'm like, yeah. like what? Like it, it's, it, you know, considering that this is a market that is highly saturated and, you know, super competitive. For everybody to say, yeah, you need an opportunity, you need some help. Like, we're doing PitchCon with everyone just not only donating their time, but also these prizes and everything. I mean, we are so lucky. And I've heard all these stories about different sports and entertainment and areas, uh, not just in in sports, but like video game communities or um, just anything online. And it's like terrible all the time. Yeah. And I, I, I cannot say enough. I mean, you ask people for some help or just saying, hey, what direction do I need to go? It's astounding how many people are ready to, you know, to put down their hand for you, uh, reach out. It, it's crazy. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the biggest thing I've learned. And like, really just just don't be so scared. Just saying, hey, be nice. Of course, you know, you know, don't be one of those that asks for an inch and takes a mile kind of thing. But I if you put yourself out there and respectful and like actually work at, you know, being doing your craft and stuff, it's, there's a lot, you know, a lot of ways uh, you'll get noticed and enter that conversation. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's pretty, I, I don't even know if I need to touch on it. I was thinking about something separate about what makes fantasy baseball so much more welcoming than other communities as you mentioned and i thought well maybe it's just the fact that you could find someone who's equally as passionate about something as esoteric as you are but that's not necessarily true there are a lot of very esoteric video games that people get passionate out and their communities aren't as um you know um uh welcoming um so i don't know if it necessarily is that i mean maybe it is because actually you know what that is Maybe it's because it's so laborious. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was playing Halo a couple nights ago, and someone was talking about the Giants, and I was like, oh, do you guys play fantasy baseball? And this guy was like, people do fantasy baseball? Like, <laughs> what? He was like, I did fantasy basketball once, and that was insane. Are you talking about fantasy baseball? And I was like, yeah, I guess that's a good point, because, like, that's the biggest barrier, right? No one wants yeah. to do a daily league for 26 and a half weeks. Uh, uh, so I like, do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> no, I know. I'm just messing around. Yeah. So, like, maybe that's what it is. But I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, so let's let's talk then about what you have learned most about in season evaluation. Oh man, I uh, just because a guy did one thing one day doesn't mean he'll do the same thing tomorrow. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it sucks. <laughs> because I mean, the beautiful thing about the roundup is that I can be so aware of the thing that just happened. 
And sometimes I just get so amped. You know, I think about, um, you know, someone, you know, Chris Bubich throwing 92 and change all of a sudden. And I go, oh, my Lord, you are normally at 90. And you mm-hmm. had this great outing and you were throwing 92. Oh, I see it now. And then the next start, he's at 90.3 and he gives up five runs in two innings or something. And it's just, oh, well, cool. You know, and yeah. but sometimes that is the start of it. And, you know, because they start doing the velocity, Carlos Rodon's throwing 97 now, you know. I mean, it was a ramp up to it, but the signs were there in the same way. And it's so hard to uh, to distinguish at times. Um, yeah. What is it? You know, Ian Anderson throws, uh, gets 13 whiffs on his curveball all of a sudden. He's supposed to be a fastball changer, but sometimes that curveball working and does that one night. Is that going to stick or not? Yeah. Um, and there's no good answer for it. So essentially being able to say all right this is a thing if you are in a situation where you can take a chance and you have an open spot this is something to consider but we can't jump up so high quite yet um what is it one is a suggestion uh no one is an exception two is a suggestion and third is confirmation right Uh i so yeah that's that's the thing about in-season evaluation that i think is i most interesting but Honestly, the biggest change from when I started, Savant exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's... I didn't have that, man. I I remember in 2017 in the playoffs, someone did some posted something. I was like, "Where did you find that?" Hmm. And they said, "Oh, Baseball Savant has a game feed." And I I, I just hmm. went, "What?" <laughs> Darren Wellman, man. And I went and I I saw like everything and i even went to Darren. I said, "Darren, can you please add foul balls?" He goes, "Oh, good idea. Sure thing." <laughs> And then that foul balls got added to it, you know, and uh, then he put CSW on there for us. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That moment seeing CSW on on MLB's baseball savant. Right. Uh, But it's I mean, that's the biggest thing in season evaluation is just cool. I have this amazing tool now to understand everything. Right. Uh, It's crazy. Which I think is another thing, too, which talking pitching episodes have helped us learn because we've so frequently heard like. Yeah, I was throwing a lot of sliders and then my daughter stepped on my my index finger and it was just throbbing. So I was like, I can't throw a slider tonight. You know what I mean? And then because <laughs> we look at the numbers, we're like, oh, my God, he stopped throwing a slider, which means that he probably felt that he had yeah. to throw his curveball that day. And it's like so, you well, know, hearing that is is very informative. The craziest thing, I think, from the McCullers interview, um, which blew my mind, mm-hmm. was him talking about going to the iPad in game. And like saying like, oh, my slider's RPM is down. Yeah. And now I'm going to, I'm not going to throw my curveball more. And I don't, like, I'm not aware of this decision in, you know, when I'm doing my analysis. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the same equivalence to me as like, oh, my finger wasn't feeling great that day or something. Like, I can't in any way predict that. Uh, so it's, oh, it's so fascinating. And yeah, right. One start is it it's it, cool it's a fun thing it gives a suggestion sometimes it's like max exit velocity where there's oh there's new potential mm. uh but it's really hard to you know to get sold by it i would say um my one thing is i try to re like what i've learned is to really look out for confirmation bias right like especially holdovers from what I think about a, a, pre, a pitcher preseason or what a pitcher has done in a repeated thing. Like you need to understand that, like 
you can be wrong about pitchers and you just need to let the numbers at any given time inform you. You know what I mean? Just inform, like just constantly go back to that. Just go back to baseball savant. There's, there's enough on that website, enough information that you don't even really need to have like a, a, you don't need to hold on to particular opinions after a while because the facts are there. I think his curveball is doing better. Well, what about it? Is the RPM up? Is what is it? What are you laughing at over there? I just, uh, I can't say things. And uh, that's all. That's all. Okay. You're just, you know, you know, you you know what I mean. Oh, uh, you're talking about the what yes, we're talking yeah. about. And, mm. Okay, mm. great. All right, yeah. great. If cool. only there was yeah. a way to do better in season evaluation. <laughs> um, all right, these are the last three that I want to get to to kind of to kind of wrap us up real quick. And these are kind of nice. What um, what have we learned about ourselves? So, what did you learn about you, and what did I learn about me? So, what did you learn about you? I talk too much. <laughs> okay uh, streaming nick has changed oh my god um i mean i do i what uh, what have i learned about myself over the years i i mean uh, too many things i i will say at the beginning of this i i really hated public speaking <laughs> if you can believe it i uh, i certainly understood by writing too just how much I enjoyed just the expression of words again, which I hadn't really done for ages. And mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I also kind of look back at myself from school uh, where I would get motivated at times and then wouldn't really hold on as much as I wanted to. Not to say I did poorly in school, just not as well as I didn't achieve as much as I wanted to. And I can't kind of believe that I've done this for eight years you know, um, I guess I had a question about that, that I guess I'm okay at it. I still, by the way, guys, I've, everyone says, oh, you work so much. I'm like, you don't know how, how these hours, like the bursts of creativity come and go. It's very weird how the, how the world works or how the, hu- how humanity works. All right. I'm going to stop talking as I talk too much. Uh, how about you fast? <laughs> what have you uh, learned about yourself? <laughs> I think. Uh, I think I learned kind of how insecure I am about a lot of about writing. I think I learned about how insecure I am about writing. Like, I think I just learned that, like, I think at my core, like, oh, no, I can be <laughs> there a goes your core. <laughs> there goes my core. Oh, my God. How do you get in here? Uh, the child, the child's going to be fatherless. Um, I, I think I uh, uh, like I think I am a I, I think I could tell a story well and I think I could write an article well because I think I understand what it takes to break things down. But I'm so deeply insecure about then doing it i think a lot of people don't know every article i've written which isn't many maybe a dozen every article i've written i've like had to send to nick first before it sees the light of day like virtually every maybe there's sometimes sometimes i said i got no time for this you're great i mean i will say Uh, i think i think my um the thing i'm proudest about for you i mean on top of of course all your accolades which are just incredible i'm fswa Mm -hmm. award winner espn mlb network and just how you know your your incredible ability to talk to so many people not just in the industry but also players too um but i remember you know the the stages of you with this podcast 
the very beginning, you were like, let's do a podcast. I set them up. You knock them down. You know, I was mm. like, all right, that sounds great. I love to talk. So uh, there's that. And then I was saying, okay, got to be, I don't know, 20 episodes in or something. Maybe earlier, I was saying, I want you to say things. You know, you, yeah, you I remember that. you're good. You know this. And so you would do it, but you would write out every single word you put inside <laughs> of your notes. Like every there's word. Insecurity. There it is. I know. But I mean, and then over time, I kept saying, hey, I don't want that. I don't want oh. you to be reading off in this. You are good enough to do it. And I mean, you still write out some things. You write it more than I do. But you don't write out every sentence. You do bullet points, which is how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And you are so capable. I mean, it's incredible now. And that to see that while doing this podcast has been amazing. It's been an absolute joy on my end to see. Well, that's very kind. And you you already you already got to what the last one was, which was about each other. So what I learned most about you is I don't read the notes. No, I've always yeah. I learned that the very beginning. Nick has no, never. I, I, I wrote really good notes for like the good fifty first fifty episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, yeah, and then it just all you never read them either. Well, I, I as we're going, no, no, yeah, I did then. Yeah, yeah, then, then, back then, yeah, yeah, yeah. you devolved. Yes, <laughs> of course. I'm joking. Absolutely, um, have. <laughs> I think what I've learned about you is, and you kind of already stated this, but I've kind of experienced it. And I think I want to kind of like speak to its truth, which is like, you are, there is no um, steadfast argument that you have that cannot be broken by logic. You don't have hubris in that way. You know what I mean? Like I've definitely, like sometimes it's tough to break oh, yeah. you of we, things that you feel we've really clashed sure about. about certain things. And yeah. it's something that I've, I, I, I'd say it's, I've been happy to go through with you because yeah. it exposes for me internally about, okay, why am I, why am I pushing so hard for this thing? Mm. or not and you've been so good to be like nick i'm not going to just blindly say yes like and agree with you um and it's helped so many things about this site because you've done that appropriately but Uh, yeah yeah that also brings up another good fact about you that i've learned too which is like you you just want to make sure that you like you're very good about I just want you to understand that this is where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? It's not a place of this. It's not a place of that. Like, this is the logic that I have. And let me walk you through the logic. You know what I mean? And then after you explain the logic, if I'm like, well, I don't agree with that or I don't disagree with this, it's never like, well, you know, throw up the middle finger and walk away. It's always like that. (laughs) Well, no, yeah, but you haven't seen me. There was discord when we had. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, it's been. Yep, it's been, it's been, it's been <laughs> six years, right? And I don't think we've ever had a, a fight. No. I don't think we've ever had a no, fight. No, we haven't had a fight. We've had, we've had like, there are things says, hey, I, I'm thinking we should do this. Yeah. And you would say, Nick, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't understand my vision. And yeah, you say, exactly. no, I understand it. And I don't think it's a good idea. And with that disagreement, when all I want internally, because I respect you so much is just to say like, Oh, that's a great idea. I want that encouragement. I want this and mm-hmm. that and I don't get it. And I just get, you know, where is my dopamine hit? Where is yeah. my, you know, stroking of the ego in that moment. And uh, that's made this so good. I think is because even when that happens, it doesn't turn into, Oh, I dislike this person. It's, oh yeah. It's like, it's not a fight. It's never that it's uh no, 
It's great. <laughs> it helps I mean, so much with this. And that's why it's so important for me to explain that logic. Because if I do that, that's because I respect you. It's like out of like, oh, I feel this way. And I know this person, like if he would understand it, then he would assign it with me. And the second you say, I don't agree with that, then it's like, oh, okay. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, it's good. It's built on honesty in a good way. Exactly. It's built on honesty. Um, yeah. And what a what a lovely way to end <laughs> podcast number three hundred. It was such a pleasure to be able to look at some of the some of the some of the comments. And yes, for people who don't know, yes, I am out in L.A. now. I'm in a room it's with unbelievable. A, uh, that is yet to be it's said. The worst going to change be. that has happened. <laughs> yeah, it's Since the beginning. No, no, it's it's a uh, it good things. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. I want to be doing this in this room with you, but yeah. I the fact that you're in LA, you're about to have a kid. Oh yeah, my oh my God, two months. These still, days, huh? still thinking of names, and still there. There are still some. Uh, I, I will say, I don't know if my wife's gonna kill me. It cracks me up. Like we do love two names that we just don't know if we could do because we love Cal and we love Camden, and we're like, well, I, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> like I want to do it so It's bad. gonna be Camden Ponson fast, and Camden it's Jack, just Camden Ponson. <laughs> Good, it really rolls off the tongue. Camden Ponson. Um, all right. Uh, but we, uh, we appreciate all of you seriously for allowing us to do this with 300. It's it's crazy. Um, it's nuts. Uh, you, they say that a podcast is real after 10 episodes. Um, and for this weekly cast to go 300 mm. is just bonkers. Um, and we wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for all of y'all listening. And I'm thank you for endearing a non fantasy focused one for a change. I uh, but you know we have a fun thing ahead for the next 300, right? Fast. Yes, indeed we do. It's gonna get bigger and better and bigger and better. Thanks so much for joining us. We love you guys. That's gonna do it for episode number 300 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host Alex Fast, and I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>